Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us once again. We have, we have, we have, but I want to serenade you, so when you recognize it, just join in. You want to do that? Okay, you're going to sing me a song. Uh huh. Okay. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would Would you you be be mine? mine? Could Could you be be mine? mine? (laughs) No, do the next words. Oh, you have to do that one too? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my my neighbor? neighbor? Well, way to roll out the Mr. Rogers (laughs) theme song. And uh, that second verse is really interesting. <laughs> the beauty wood. The beauty have you, wood. Have you heard of the beauty wood? And then listen to this. It goes on, Norman. It says, yeah. I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. Wow. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would, would you, you be mine? mine? Could, Could you, you be, be mine? mine? Would you well, be my neighbor? That's right. There it is. Well, I think I'd like to be Mr. Rogers' neighbor. He had such a great attitude and a great heart. A very close friend of ours worked with him and wrote his biography, in fact, and she thought he was amazing. But how many of us feel this way about our neighbors? Right. You know, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Are your neighbors good neighbors? Do you love them? If not, what do you do to coexist or make things better? Well, we're going to talk about those kinds of questions on this weekend's show, and we're talking about how do we love our neighbors? You know, Norm, I find it sad, like you were saying, how many neighborhoods have changed, how they've changed over the years. I mean, I could relate to that song a little bit in the neighborhood that I grew up mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. because we did know our You neighbors. knew everybody. We did. We did. We knew everybody. And they were given permission to discipline us and to make sure that we were staying in line and doing what we needed to do. And you know what? They did it. And I really believe that I learned a lot about how to be with a lot of different people based on the work that I did in the neighborhood with our all of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. So my parents would witness the love of Christ to the different people in our neighborhood. I think we've lost something very important in those neighborhoods. Oh, I do too. Things are so different now. We have two paycheck parent families. We have big commutes for a lot of people. When we lived in Chicago, it was an hour and a half for me to go to work one way. Mm-hmm. People staying by themselves because they're afraid to let their kids run around outside unsupervised. It doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not uncommon to buy a house these days and five years later realize that you've never met your neighbors. So it's a mm-hmm. challenge not only to love your neighbors, but even just to get to know them. 
Yeah, and twice the word neighbor does appear in the Old Testament. Did you know that? No, twice. Yeah, one time in the Ten Commandments where oh, it yes, says, yeah. you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. neighbor right. So that's one. Right. And then in Exodus twenty seventeen, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything else that is your neighbor's. So today that would be like your car, (laughs) all the other things that you would have, right? You wouldn't want to covet those. That's interesting. 20% of the Ten Commandments were focused on neighbors. That's interesting. Uh A neighbor in these verses is defined as someone that we have seen or known personally. But this list could also include those living next door to us or those we meet in passing or people who live in our town. I think neighbor is a bigger definition. Yeah, it's kind of a general word that Mm -hmm. we use. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And that means we're to love God and then we're to love others. Mm -hmm. So that really does broaden the the idea of neighbor. And if we're honest, I mean, some neighbors are hard to love. We've had a few of those in our day. (laughs) I'm thinking also about our daughter's neighbor who had these barking dogs that would bark all night long. And, oh, do you remember when we had the neighbor, when we shared a wall in our townhouse many years ago, who played the flute at one o'clock in the morning? (laughs) We called him the flute neighbor. (laughs) That's right. And we also had a neighbor one time who left his pit bull outside in extreme heat. Oh, my gosh. Person was rarely home. They either left him outside or worse, I felt, when they locked him inside the garage that would get so hot. Mm. Then he'd come home and scream at the dog and... Well, you know us, dog lovers, that was kind of hard to put up with. Yeah, and, and when you see somebody doing that, like maybe abusing an animal, it's really hard, isn't it, to love that person? No kidding. But being obedient to this command to love our neighbor is really the goal. So remember, your neighbor is probably not going anywhere. <laughs> so that may help <laughs> us as point. we start to approach this, right? Yeah. That So, you know, if you don't like that particular person, it might still be in your best interest to find a way to get along. And it is what Jesus asks us to do. Well, and we often need our neighbors when we least expect it. We found some practical help to be a good neighbor on, of all places, HGTV's website. <laughs> we love that channel. I know. We spend we too much time there. Shows, all those house right? shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the neighbor who devalues their home and yours, by the way, by not mowing the lawn. Or by having an eyesore like a car up on blocks or some big, huge, ugly vehicle in their driveway they can't use anymore. It makes the entire neighborhood look run down. You know, we experienced this in one of our neighbors, uh, in one of our neighborhoods. Do you remember? There was a person who had um, a big car with, I don't know if it was on blocks, but it was covered up. Do you remember that one? When we lived in Virginia? Oh. Yeah, I won't tell you where we lived in Virginia. Yeah, of course not. But, you know, if you have something like this, you have to communicate, communicate, and communicate. Yep. And not just get angry or upset and do nothing. Because when you do, you often find out that there are things that you didn't know about that may be contributing to the problem. For example, listen to this story, Norm. Okay. A group of neighbors who were upset that a house on their block wasn't taking care of their lawn, right? So the people who were in there weren't doing what they needed to do. The neighbors assigned a delegate of people to knock on the door to discuss the yard. So good step. And when the owner came out of the house and the problem was explained... She broke into tears. Hmm. It turned out that she was in the midst of a divorce and was having an aggressive round of chemotherapy. Oh my. 
And the neighbors then felt so bad because they now understood why her house looked so bad that they organized a rotating schedule of lawn care for her and tried to help out their ill neighbor. That's good. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, right? It isn't always that there's a good good explanation. (laughs) You know, one of our neighborhoods, the neighbors finally called the police to get them, uh, the people, to remove the really bad rusting eyesore that was in their driveway. It was illegal, first of all, for them to do that. But the point was, we really want to, most of the time, give someone the benefit of the doubt and have a conversation with them. Okay, but let's talk about the one who's truly angry or suspicious as a neighbor. It's going to be really hard to even want to befriend them, much less know how to do it. It helps to know what sets them off or what problems they have with boundaries, but help us, Dr. Linda, when that person is so angry. Yeah, and you want to be careful that you don't cross them because you don't know what they're going to do. So Mm -hmm. you might see a lot of red flags with some people, and you probably should be aware of what those are. And certainly, if you see any suspicious behavior, you do need to report that to police, especially if you think there's a drug ring or some terrorism activity or there's some potential for violence or inappropriate sexual behavior towards minors. Act smart, but don't incite. But if you have to report something due, and it'd be a good place, Norm, to remind our listeners that if you have young children, you really should look at a certain website. It's called www.familywatchdog.us. Familywatchdog.us. And this is a website for the National Sex Offender Registry. And if there's anyone in your neighborhood you need to be aware of, and they're on the list, it's going to pop up when a map of your community shows up. Oh, that's smart. You did that when we were getting ready for the show. What'd you find out? I did. I looked in our neighborhood. Not that we don't have young children anymore, but I was just curious as to where we were moving. Fortunately, there wasn't anyone in our area, but it did show a lot of the surrounding areas with um, people on the registry. So with children, I would definitely look at that registry. Well, what about the neighbor who blames all the time? They don't cooperate or participate in other neighborly events. So I think the best thing is to be kind to them and at least acknowledge them with a hello or a greeting. Sometimes that can really change the mood of a person. I mean, these days, Norm, there aren't many chances of making impressions with your neighbors. So a simple wave or hello or how are you doing uh, may keep things a little bit civil. But what about those times when you really do have to talk to them about something that specifically is a problem? How do you do that? Well, if you do talk, you might try to get to a solution. Most people don't want to be the problem neighbor. Hmm. So if you explain the problem in a reasonable, nice way, you can make your case and maybe have a face-to-face with that person. And again, instead of assuming ill will, which, um, you know, we don't know these people, we don't know what's going on. But, you know, it might still not be easy. and People do get very angry these days if you try to correct them or say something about what they're doing. But I would give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about people who are real noisy and we need to check on those folks and help ourselves? We've had those neighbors. And as a rule, as a neighbor, you should keep your music and louder outdoor conversations down after 9 o'clock at night. Okay. And try not to start up the power tools or leaf blowers before 8 or 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Those are just good rules for neighbors. Right. And if you're planning a party, I just think it's good form to let your neighbors know in advance so that they know that all these cars are being parked around their house and that something is, is going on. And if you can, invite them. You know, I just read a terrible story in the news recently about a neighbor who was being so loud And the next door neighbor dad kindly asked him to keep the noise down because his children were trying to sleep. 
The neighbor got out his gun and shot them all. It was horrific. Oh my gosh. It makes you wonder, gives you pause about confronting anybody. Yeah, I saw that story. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I just, I know that was so scary and so sad. And obviously this was a deeply troubled person, but it is not the norm. Right. Especially if you do have a relationship with your neighbors. If you don't feel comfortable talking to them, just live with the noise or whatever it is and make the best of it. What about just writing them a note and sticking it in their mailbox? <laughs> it, may be, it may be easier than having a face-to-face, right? But I don't like it because you can't see how they react. Mm-hmm. And then written complaints can seem more mean-spirited because you can't interpret you know, what people right. write. And it may shut down the communication with that neighbor in the future. So give them a chance to hear what you have to say face-to-face if you can. Listen, hear their side of the story, and just do your best to work something out. Well, neighbor, we're going to take a quick break. How's that? More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show right after this. Being a generous person can have big benefits for you. Giving your time or your money or even your talent to someone else can obviously help the receiver. But did you know that being generous can roll some positive benefits back on you? This is Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here to share some of the benefits of generosity lower blood pressure, reduce stress, a better mood, and even longer life have been identified as benefits of being generous. That's right, physical and mental improvements for you just because you choose to extend something to someone else. What can you give? Your time, your talent, your support, oh, and yes, your money. You see, hoarding money like Scrooge may seem good for your wallet, but it's not so great for your health. One recent study actually showed that stingy behavior increases stress. So take a minute and just ask, what do I have that I can share? Then be generous and see how good you feel when you share something you have with someone else. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you, Living Beyond Pain, in stores now. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Today's topic is one that somehow has managed to impact all of us, loving our neighbors. Or just neighbors. (laughs) But before we get back to our conversation, I'd like to remind you to check on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. There you will find her blogs, her books, and you can connect with her on social media. And an easy way to know what she's writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental or on Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental Author and Speaker. And if you need more help with conflict because neighbors can cause conflict at times, I suggest you get her book, We Need to Talk. It's a book that will help you navigate relationship conflicts. Now, let me say, Norm, we have had some fantastic neighbors. Oh, my goodness. We've had incredible neighbors. In a bunch of our neighborhoods. So we're not saying that all neighbors are are difficult or problematic. But then when you get a couple that are, you really need to know what to do with that. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember how annoyed we were when we first moved into an old neighborhood of ours. Someone had done what I suggested earlier or asked about, put a note in our mailbox about keeping our dog in our own yard. They didn't even know if we had a dog. That's right. They didn't you know? know us. <laughs> we, we hadn't even moved in. And so obviously, whatever they were writing about was based on some history with a neighbor at that house, maybe. Now that didn't sit well with me. My very first comment to you was like, oh, welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. They're already kind of getting on us about something that we don't even know 
what that was about. Right. Um, and when I, it was, it was very hostile. I felt like the tone of it too. But then when, and no one ever, no one in our neighborhood. No one owned up to it, did they? No. To giving that note. <laughs> but as we got to know those neighbors, it was really hard to figure out who would have done that because they became, they were very nice. Yeah, we it was a, a great neighborhood. Yeah, so I don't really know what that was all about. Obviously, somebody had a problem and they wanted to preempt it. But speaking of neighbors and pets, pets do create tension sometimes. Yeah, and so we need to be reasonable about our pets. And that can be, like you said, a point where people can get really upset when the pet owner isn't controlling their pet. You know, if it happens once, maybe you're okay. But if it happens continuously, where there's loud barking, where they may do their business on your lawn, just take a deep breath and let it go. But if it starts to become an ongoing problem, you obviously need to discuss it directly with your neighbor. Even if you're upset, try to think of something kind to say about your neighbor's pet before you launch into the complaint. So right. do a little nice thing, say the complaint, and then do a little nice thing. It's called the sandwich. Did you ever hear that, I like that little thing? Well, it's just basic courtesy in my mind. Pet yeah. owners need to be aware of their pets and mm. keep them in line. I mean, you don't want them doing it in your yard. Why let them do it in mine? And I got attacked the other night um, by a dog that was off leash, and it came up to me, and it was a puppy. And it wasn't it wasn't going to bite me it or anything. It wasn't mean. But it scratched all down my leg because he had long nails. It was all out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, well, to be a good neighbor, assure your neighbors that you will properly take care of your pet. You'll do everything that you can. You'll repair a fence if it's breaking down. Whatever you need to do, try to be the good neighbor, and then maybe you can develop good neighbors. But I have to say, we did have a neighbor. <laughs> Remember that neighbor with the pet snake? Uh, our it son loved him. It was a massive boa it or was something. A boa. Yeah, it was a in there, and they kept it in their Tub, bathtub. In the bathtub. <laughs> And then it escaped, and it was crazy. So as long as the snake stayed in their house, I was okay. Well, so that brings me to another big idea. Respect common spaces and shared walls, especially if you live in a condo or townhouse. We know how important those are. Yeah, if you violate these common space rules, you really are going to get a lot of ill will from people. And, uh, you know, it's the hallways, it's the entrances, the common rooms, you know, keep it clear um, because people get upset if they're bumping into things mm -hmm. or you're putting things where they shouldn't be. A lot of times those will get stolen as well. So even though space may be tight and maybe it's inside your unit, it's still important to find places for bikes and strollers and all those things. Right. Don't just right. put them out there. They're a fire hazard and they're going to cause people to trip and maybe fall. You know, our daughter lived in an apartment one time, Norm, where they put in a brand new carpet in the hallways. And the very first day, there were kids out there spilling food all over it. It was carpet. It got dirty right away. And it was just terrible. Everybody felt bad. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. If you share walls, you share, share common spaces with people, think of it as your space that you should keep up and be considerate of other people. You know, in larger cities, sometimes those outdoor spaces in apartment or condo buildings are often quite close together. They are. Uh, you have to get used to that. And people who live in cities know that. But they can also get very upset over the way other people are using or occupying their outdoor space. Mm -hmm. It's worse when smoke is drifting into your unit, at least mm -hmm. for us, because we're both so allergic. Or grilling smoke, which yeah. could smell good, but can be overwhelming. And that's allowed... Uh, that that can also be a problem. So you just have to be aware if you consider smoke it. or you're grilling, just be considerate. Be considerate of other people. Yep. And then parking. Let's talk about parking. 
Well, you got to follow the parking etiquette in any of your any of your neighborhoods. There's usually some type of rules that they have, and always try to park in front of your own house if possible, and never block your neighbor's driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, in some neighborhoods with narrow streets, it's the custom for everyone to park on only one side, even if that's not an official rule. It's best to follow suit. Right. I visited our son uh, recently in a different city. He said, oh, Dad, when you pull up, you can block the driveway. I oh. said, uh, he goes, no, it's our driveway, and we're not going out. So you Because oh, <laughs> it was very crowded parking on his street, and it was open in front of his driveway. And you know how upset I get when people park their car in front of our oh, house goodness. and not their own house, and it's right there. And it's, you know, it's in the way when I go get the trash bin. Oh, it's in everything. the way when I'm trying to mow. Right. And <laughs> so think about it. All right. So I think the bottom line here is we need to consider how can we be a good witness for Jesus through our everyday behavior of being a neighbor. This could be your best witness mm-hmm. in terms of how you behave. And one of the big things is then forgive your neighbor who offends you. Try to overlook those minor annoyances and and giving your neighbor some grace and mm. try to work on if they're major conflicts, try to work on those. And I think that means develop a relationship with your neighbor right, so right, that you can have right. a little bit better conversation. We're just trying to follow Jesus's command here where we forgive in every situation whenever possible. And we work to reconcile relationships and your neighborhood is a great place to practice all of that. It's a perfect laboratory case study to learn to practice tolerance, to put up with folks, civil disagreement, how you deal with them in civil ways. That's it. Neighborhoods, they're the perfect place. I I agree because, you know, it's gotten really hostile in the past few Mm. years with when you talk about politics or any type of controversial topic, and there seem to be a lot of those this day, and we seem to be having problems with being civil mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. So if you could be the person who actually models that in your neighborhood, you're going to find that a lot of people are going to think pretty highly of you and, and will be gravitated towards you. And then you can witness right. about what it is in you that brings you to that place. Mm-hmm. So do small things. If you're a garden producer and you have a lot of you know, if a bumper crop of tomatoes, bring a basket next door to share. We had a neighbor who liked to mow lawns, and boy, we let him do it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And today there was a bag of vegetables on my desk. I know. We love that. Yeah. That's you can also <laughs> you can also trade or borrow your tools and your skills. We've got a great neighbor across the street who sells tools for a living and lets me borrow them. I know. And so what's your skill for him? Saying thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just saying, be willing to lend a hand. Again, be neighborly and try to do what you can right. to build that connection. Another way to love your neighbors is to simply get to know them and occasionally, occasionally chat with them, have a conversation. Yeah, I know it's hard because we might not have a lot in common with a neighbor, but just if you can, how are you doing? What's going on? Are you good? Is there anything I can help you with? Just easy things like that would be a great way to start a conversation. Take it a step further and organize a block party or even attend one if you're invited. You can get to know people. We've had those in neighborhoods and they're great and you really do get to know your neighbors. And you bond with them in a new way. You do. And there's something about sitting in there and then you find out about their families and what their lives have been like. It's just a great way to... Which you don't get when you're walking by on the street and going, hi, how are you? Yeah, exactly. I think one of the most important ways to be a good neighbor is to not gossip about them. Boy, I think that is probably key because it's a trust issue. Mm -hmm. It may feel like you're bonding when you gossip 
and you're complaining and you're sharing problems, but really it deteriorates relationships. And we're directed biblically not to gossip. Oh, yeah. It's in the Bible. It is. Another good way to build community is to set up a book library. We have a friend who does this and lends her books to her neighbors and receives from them, I suppose, and maybe goes for walks and bike rides. It opens up a new way for a new relationship. Yeah, so as we move closer to the time um, of ending the show, we just really want you to remember one of the best ways that you can live out your life of in Christ is to be neighborly and to love your neighbor. It may seem like a small thing, but it really can make your life less stressful if you get along with your neighbors. Remember to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be a good neighbor yourself, and that can prevent a lot of problems before they start and make it easier to solve the ones that do arise. Well, to love your neighbor means you have to get to know them and be considerate of others. So don't isolate with your small group of Christian friends. Get out in your neighborhood and practice the gospel of loving others. Most people could benefit for a little more love in their lives. Won't you be my neighbor? Exactly. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and to our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Doing life together. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.